Hey, welcome to the 1826 podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 young adult community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. But tonight I want to talk to you, uh, continuing our David series. Have you enjoyed it thus far? Yeah. Woo. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, also, shout out Marco. Last week was awesome. The worship night. Brand did amazing. James, Bryce, Angelo, everybody was awesome. Yeah, it was really great. Um, have you ever gone to a friend or a family member, parent, grandparent for advice? And you were like explaining the problem to them and you, you were wanting direction, right? That's why you went to them in the first place. And you get to that point in the conversation where you've expressed yourself clearly, you've identified the problem, and you are now ready to receive, right? And there's like awkward silence and they're just like, just give it some time, you know? And that's always frustrating for me to hear. I'm like, no, I obviously like, I'm not going to die. Yes. Time will happen. Time will come. It's inevitable, but I need some advice. And they're just like, you know what? Just give it some time. You know, let's just let, let's see how it plays out. Let's let the dust settle a little bit on this situation. We'll come back to it. And you're like, I don't know. I really would like an answer. Like, no, no, just let it play out. Um, I remember when I was in, in fifth grade, um, I really wanted a phone. Like I really wanted a cell phone. And I didn't want a phone like most people want a phone. Like most people want to get a phone so they can talk to their friends and so they can like text girls and stuff. Like that wasn't me. I wanted a phone so I could check the scores of the games. That was my, my pure motive. I was like, dad, like, I'm at school and I don't know what's happening in these April baseball games. So um, I was like, dad, please give me a phone. I want a phone. I want a phone. I want a phone. And he was like, in due time, in due time, like I will get you one in due time. And so how, how do you respond when you know you deserve something and you've actually been promised something, but you haven't received it yet? What do you do in the meantime when you've been appointed by God to step into something, but you haven't stepped into it yet? How do you transition into what God set you apart to do? And I, and I know I'm going to get it. I, I knew I was going to get my phone. I know that I'm going to step into what God has for me someday. But when and how? And we have all these questions that come on the end of that question. When is it going to happen? And so we're in 2 Samuel verse 1. It's kind of cool. We've gone from 1 Samuel to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 2 is the main verse that we're going to be in. And it says, in course of time, or in due time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to the to one of the towers, or shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? The Lord said, go. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that this message would encourage, it would inspire us, it would help us grow. I pray that um, these words flow from your heart to these people um, and that it would make us better. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. So when we left off, Saul is in a war. He is going around um, trying to conquer the different armies of the lands. And he gets to this one particular spot. It's kind of a tough day for Saul. He ends up landing on his own sword. 
and like tough. Saul dies, it's this big deal, right? He's the king. With Saul dying, it just so happens that his son, Jonathan, which is David's best friend, is also dead. And so they're delivering this news to David in 2 Samuel verse 1, in in 2 Samuel chapter 1, rather, that Saul is dead. Now, this is a big deal for David because this is where the shift of power is going to come from. This was the only person that was in front of David uh, that was keeping him from fulfilling his calling. And this, this, this was a moment of freedom for David. This should have been a happy moment for him where he's really like, wow, the monkey is off my back. Like, I don't have to live in the desert anymore. I don't have to live in a cave. Like, I can go back and sleep in a bed. I can go back to the city and, and eat at restaurants and, and, you know, go to the bathroom in a real bath. Like, I, I, this is exciting for me. But have you ever noticed how life has a way of, of when you receive good news, bad news surely follows? And it's almost like we have people that we live with. I don't know if you have friends like this that are just like, even on their best days, they're worried about the bad days that are going to come after. They're like, man, life is really great for you right now. They're just like, oh, just wait for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like they have that kind of mentality. I remember I played baseball with a guy in high school and um, he, he was like super good. I was like, man, you like, you had an awesome game day. He's probably like, yeah, but I'll probably like strike out tomorrow. You know, it's like, he's so like pessimistic mindset where, where we have this. David is free and he's so, it's so clear what is about to happen to him. And it's one of the, one of the best, should have been one of the best moments of his life. And it's followed with this mourning and sorrow that he has to face with Jonathan. And I think he has this moment with God where he's just like, how can I, how can I mourn one and not the other? How can I mourn Jonathan and not Saul? How can I not even respect the position that Saul had? And David, up to this point, has made every move correctly. He had the opportunity to take Saul's life. He didn't. He, he's followed in God's footsteps every single step of the way. He, he has nothing holding him back from entering into what God has for him. But when we meet David in 2 Samuel, he is in a deep state of mourning a deep state of mourning. He, he's crying out. He's saying, Israel, cry over Saul. Weep with me over the death of Saul. Verse 25, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful. Jonathan, it's been, it's been a long day without you, my friend. I'll tell you all, like he's, he's, in deep. He is mourning. Now, this is very interesting to me because if you remember in 1 Samuel 15-ish, we have another season of mourning that's happening with Samuel. And so it's so poetic that it happens in this way and that it's written in this way because David mourning Saul just like Samuel was mourning Saul. David, as he's anointed, Samuel is in mourning, and God tells Samuel what? He says, Samuel, it's time to move on. And this is why I believe as young people, we really need Samuels in our life. We really need people to bring us into, bring us their experiences, bring us their wisdom, bring us their, um, wisdom, so that we can learn and have them mentor us 
David is, is not going to let his mourning refuse him from his calling because he already knows that sometimes in your life, there comes a time where you must stop mourning and you must move forward so that you can become all that God has appointed you to do. But stopping the mourning is only half of this equation. The original question was, how do you transition into what God, what God has set you apart to do? Okay, I've stopped crying. Okay, I'm, I've, I've cleared my head. Okay, I've gotten a grip on my situation. I'm, I've, I've got it. Uh, my eyes are finally clear. Now what? I, I'm, I'm finally able to hear from you, God, but I still don't know where you want me to go. So how do you transition into what God set you apart to do? And maybe more importantly, when do you do it? When do you transition into what God set you apart to do? Because if we trusted God, we have to trust in his timing. And trust takes time. I want you to think about your very closest friends and the experiences that you've had with them. Highs, lows, good, bad, and everything in between. And every single one of those situations has built trust. And so God has been building trust with David in the desert. He's been saying, trust me. If you trust me with Goliath, let's see if you'll trust me with Saul. And if you'll trust me with Saul, let's see if you'll trust me with with the hiding season. If you trust me in the hiding season, let's see if you trust me one more time. And he's going through these repetitions where he and God are building trust. And we get to this verse in 2 Samuel 2. In due time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? The Lord said, go. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. By the way, Hebron is the inheritance of Caleb, who took the land out of courage after wandering in the desert with Moses for 40 years, escaping from Egypt, which survived a famine because of the faithfulness of Joseph. When the Bible says more than you can ask or or even imagine, I want to encourage you with this. Do not believe that the small thing you are stepping into for God today is not making a difference for your tomorrow. Do not think that your prayer time, that your devotional, that your Bible reading time is not leaving a impact on either yourself or someone in your future. It's going to happen. It's going to happen in, in due time. Don't think that your giving, your serving, your faithfulness to his kingdom isn't getting seen or will not be used by him someday. It's gonna, ha- it's gonna happen in due time. Our mission here at 1826 is brick by brick. That's our motto, brick by brick. It's not building by building. It's not city by city. It's, it's little by little. It's faithfulness after faithfulness after faithfulness after faithfulness will lead to maybe we can make an impact on somebody someday. If Joseph isn't faithful, if Moses isn't faithful, if we don't have all these lines of faithfulness, where does David get to go? Don't think that you're not making an impact. Psalm 37, David's writing about this situation. He says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. David is not asking God 
in this passage in 2 Samuel. He's not asking God to walk for him. It's not what is happening. He's asking God to order him where to go. Let's read it again. He's saying, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? The Lord says, go. David says, where? He says, here. Okay, that's where I'm going to go. And then he writes, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. I think we often want God to walk for us. We want God to just transport us into a new season. We want God to transport us into a new place. God, if it, God I don't want to be here anymore. So if you could just transport me to the promise, if you could just transport me to whatever time period that you have for me, that would be great because I'm, I'm ready to be king now. I've done enough serving. I've done enough wandering. I've done it. I'm tired. And I would really like to get where you promised me to go. You know, like, God, I'm, I'm, I would really like a husband now. Or I would really like a wife now. God says, great. Go walk in the desert for 15 years. David, I'm commanding you. Go hide for 15 years. That's not really what I was hoping for. That's not really the answer I was hoping for. You see, you promised me this. And he says, in due time. But I've ordered you to take a step this way. And when we humble ourselves and when we submit to his order, David did not ask God for his opinion. He asked for the next order. When you submit yourself, you can live in full peace knowing the steps you are taking have been ordered by the Lord. Verse 24 in that, in that Psalms passage, Psalms 37, 24. Though he falls, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I was thinking about it this way today. I think David is going through one of the longest job applications, job processes for human history, that, for a job that he already had. I mean, we're talking 15 years. He just wanders out in the middle of nowhere from cave to cave, escaping near-death situations. I mean, it must have been uncomfortable. And the Psalms, to me, are like his resume building. He's like, experience, though I will fail, the hand of God is upon my life. Skill sets, um, it upheld me against Goliath. It upheld me in the throne room of Saul as the spears were coming through my head. Like, he is writing down this direct experience that he has with God, this direct application that he has for us that now we get to use today. For 15 years, David goes through tiring, tedious job interviews for a job that he had already gotten. For 15 years, David steps in faith. And what? And in due time, David is able to step into his calling. Second Samuel 2, verse 4. Then the man of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. Your confirmation awaits your obedience. David's saying, shall I go, Lord? Shall I go? He says, yes. Okay, where? Go to Hebron. I'm already there. I'm waiting for you. And your anointing awaits you in the place 
of your next order? What would your life look like if every step that you took was ordered by God? What would your life look like if instead of becoming anxious about the actions that you had to take, you took a great amount of fulfillment in knowing that even though seemingly you were moving further away from your destiny, God was actually shifting you into it. What would your life look like if we took this approach? Though I will fall, though I will sin, though I will fall short, the hand of God has come over me time and time and time again. And what he has promised me, he will fulfill over me. What he promised you as a kid, the dreams that he has given you, the promises that he has given you, he will come through. What would your life look like if that was your attitude every single day? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this word. Thank you for your timing, your faithfulness to us. God, I I pray over these conversations that you would bless them, that you would grow us through them. We're so thankful for your word, Jesus. We ask you, we praise you. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.